Welcome to Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Krista Milanovic. Here's where we typically do some short banter, and I have some banter that is potentially short. Kay Mills and I, Kristen, we were talking with somebody, a faithful listener, and this is the feedback we got out. It'll be anonymous. You ready for this, Fitz? You, you weren't there when you heard it. She has a great voice, you know, for radio, for mm-hmm. the pod. Mm-hmm. I was told I have good personality, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, we were relayed that you have, you are the glue, okay, to hold this trifecta together. Now, in all sincerity, this is <laughs> one of the nicest people you ever meet, he and, it's all, and, nameless. and it's all, you know, compliments. But in my mind, I automatically flipped it around. So is he implying, and I already know this to be true, that my voice is terrible. I understand. I don't have a voice for radio. I get that. I it do. Be great. I do have that. And that Kristen does not have any personality whatsoever, just exactly. the voice. And that you are basically the equivalent of a moist envelope that you can close because you're the glue. Is that how we could read that as well? Or do you think it's all compliments all around? Moist envelope or wet blanket? I, 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 I sort of felt like that was the, that was the only compliment, I was, and I'm going to put that in heavy quotation marks. Left to even give, it's like, like personality and voice. Like, yeah, these are things podcasters need to have. And then the glue, the glue, the glue. I I am I am truly truly hurt by this. I, know, um, I will say they also did say that you, you're good with the research, though. You have the mind for the research to be this able to is, add. This is Uncle Griff, isn't it? <laughs> no. it, it was not. It, it was not. It was totally Uncle Griff. It was Griff. an yeah. avid listener, apparently. And, and when they listen, they're going to be like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because they no. meant it in all sincerity. This is just like a few minutes ago, just, you know, this, in passing, you know, trying to, you know, really give us a nice boost, a complimentary boost. I, in my, but in my mind, I like to twist things around, and that's what I've done here. So this this person who will remain nameless <laughs> decided to bully me from afar. No. That was not their intent. It could have been a consequence, perhaps, or a side effect of, of the words. But they did say you have a good mind for the research, so I, I, will, I will put that out there, too. Well, now that I am <laughs> uh, substantially Speechless. bullied, I can't think of a better segue for today's topic exactly the bell ringer from movies tv shows and real life experiences it seems like bullying has been a part of our nation's educational fabric for as long as people can remember students across this land continue to suffer from verbal emotional and physical abuse in our school halls and on the web students should be in a place of safety not fear so our essential question I'm going to try and change my voice so I don't... Are essential? Is that better? Sure. Okay. So here's the question. How prevalent is school bullying and what can we do to stem the tide? We'll get right into that after this word from the Black Eyed Peas. Welcome back. Let's begin. According to DoSomething.org, bullying stops within 10 seconds of someone intervening, but 85% of the time, no one intervenes. A major reason? They don't intervene? They don't know what to do. Kristen, what do you think about that? Like, 85% of the time, they don't know what to do, and that's why they're not intervening? You know, I do think it's an interesting and astounding statistic that 85% of people are unsure of themselves in stopping a bullying scenario when it could be something as simple as 
not ignoring it, right? I'm not saying you have to intervene and, you know, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. But something simple could possibly stop the bullying from happening. Now, I don't know how they're getting these numbers or doing the research, but if it is true, like within 10 seconds, most bullying would stop. Like that seems, that's crazy that it could end that quickly for most people. Um, but 85%, that's a huge number. And again, this is something that everybody has dealt with. We've seen it, you know, growing up. We've seen it as teachers in the educational field. Uh, so this is obviously still a, a pre- prevalent issue here. Well, and that, that kind of lends itself to the point that uh, was in a report put out by the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Research Institute um, that says that although bullying is sometimes seen as a part of growing up or kids being kids, bullying in schools is a serious problem. So imagine the kid who's picked on every day, whether physically, socially, or through cyberbullying. Think about uh, Rebecca Sedwick, the 12-year-old who committed suicide in Florida following a year of bullying at the hands of two young girls. To Rebecca, the bullying was so serious and distressing that she took her own life. Or consider the 8-year-old boy who writes to Santa Claus about his twin sister bullied over her weight. Dear Santa, I wanted a remote control car and helicopter, but I don't want that anymore. Kids at school are still picking on my sister, and it's not fair. I pray that it will stop, and she needs your help. Wow. Bullying is a prevalent form of youth violence, particularly in school settings. As illustrated in the examples above, it's defined by aggressive behavior um, repeatedly over time um, and within the context of a power imbalance. Although both are harmful to youth, there is an important distinction between bullying and aggression. If there's an occasional conflict or fighting between two children of equal strength, size, and social status, this aggression, uh, this is aggression, but not bullying. Most children are exposed in some form to bullying in schools due to the unequal balance of power and influence that is so common in youth relationships and peer groups. Research on bullying in schools shows that it increases in late childhood and peaks in early adolescence, specifically during middle school. Bullying in schools also typically takes place in unstructured settings such as the cafeteria, hallways, and playground during recess. Students need to be a positive climate, um, needs to be, need to be in a positive climate rather, uh, where they feel safe. This reduces their own stress and potential aggression, allowing them to focus on the learning necessary for them to be successful in their lives. Um, Nate, where do you draw the line between kids being kids, quote unquote, and intervening to make sure bullying is not occurring. I appreciated the distinction that they made between aggression and bullying, but at the end of the day, both are not okay. Like, sure, aggression might be a part of growing up and you got to learn, but I would say even if it is kids being kids, if that's what it comes down to, everybody should, you should still investigate. You should still figure out what's going on and not just turn like a blind eye to it and say, oh, you know, whatever's going on, it'll necessarily resolve itself. If you see something, then if we know how to act, then we should act. And if there's more steps that need to be taken, then we should take those steps. I think just ignoring it and just saying, oh, kids will be kids, well, that doesn't necessarily solve anything. You know, people can continue down those behaviors that aren't uh, productive, that aren't constructive, that are more harmful. Uh, So I think that even though there might be a difference between aggression and bullying, I think we still should address both when we see them happening and then, you know, make steps uh, to prevent it from going any further. I think you bring up a, gig, a good point. And with the kids being kids, I feel like that term needs to be defined by generation, truthfully. Kids being kids, I mean, I was born in the 70s. Yikes. Are you right. asking us? No. You, that was, yeah, yeah, that like was a question. question. If you're asking so us, I, was, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Aww. But I was born in the 70s, so my my youth and my childhood was spent, obviously, growing up in the 80s. And having something 
of kids being kids where, you know, the neighbor kid is picking on me because of A, B, or C. Okay, I, I can see that. Was that defined as bullying? I don't know. But when I was called in for dinner, I went home and that was it. I didn't see that person again. There's a new dimension now with with older, with the youth of today and having the technological component, you know, with social media and texting, sometimes that bullying can continue. And then I think that kids being kids goes to a new level. But do something.org goes on to list 11 facts about bullying. And they are that in the United States, one in five students aged 12 through 18 has been bullied during the school year. One in five. Approximately 160,000 teens have skipped school because of bullying. Students who reported that they were frequently bullied scored lower in reading, math, and science than their peers who reported that they were never or rarely bullied. The most commonly reported type of bullying is verbal harassment. It accounts for 79%. Then you have your social harassment, which is 50%, physical bullying, 29%, and cyberbullying, making up 25%. Labeling an incident as bullying can be important because it influences whether students tell an adult as well as how adults respond to the student's report. More than half of bullying situations, 57% in fact, stop when a peer intervenes on behalf of the student being bullied. Sixth grade students experience the most bullying at 31%. 70% of high school staff has seen bullying. 62% have witnessed bullying two or more times in the last month, and 41% witness bullying once a week or more. Students are less likely to report bullying as they get older. Only 39% of high schoolers notified an adult of bullying. 42% of students who reported being bullied at school indicated that the bullying was related to at least one of the following characteristics. Physical appearance, 30%. Race, 10%. Gender, 8%. Disability, 7%. Ethnicity, 7%. Religion, 5%, and sexual orientation, 4%. Over half of students aged 12 through 18 who reported being bullied believed their bullies had the ability to influence what other students thought of them. And the CDC states that the youth with disabilities, learning differences, sexual gender identity differences, or cultural differences are often most vulnerable to being bullied. Those involved in bullying, whether by bullying or being bullied, are at a greater risk for negative, potentially suicidal behaviors. And witnesses of bullying report feel, feeling a greater sense of helplessness and disconnect from the school. Aaron, I just dumped a lot of information. What do you think and what are your thoughts? Some of the statistics, I guess, would be less surprising. Some of them... Uh... Like still, I find pretty surprising. Like uh, the, to this day, I mean, you think as as much as society has changed, that physical appearance is still the by far, by far the number one uh, characteristic that that kind of sparks a, like a bullying scenario. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and equally troubling, I feel like is the. Uh, because that's obviously something that you know most of these things are things that people can't help. Like it's like you know whether it's a um, actually every one of those things that you mentioned are almost like pretty much everything like that you can't, that people can't help. So like they're right. being bullied for something that's like innate. And, um, 
you know, and the fact that, you know, very few of these these things are actually being reported to adults. Um, I know that that's one of the things that, that we always try our best to stay on top of and something that we don't tolerate. But how, how many of these things are happening unbeknownst to us? Um, and it almost makes you feel like, you know, do you get a... Uh, you know, keep your eyes open. You keep your ears open. You got to like, look for warning signs. You got to talk to people. But um, so much of what we know, we rely on students to, to share that information or report that information. Um, and, and hopefully they do that. And, you know, and sometimes by the time you find out about it, it might be a little too late to do anything about it, which is kind of a helpless feeling from our perspective. And some things that stuck out, it says sixth graders experienced the most. And a previous report, we were saying that it begins kind of like maybe a little later in elementary than peaking out in middle school and going on from there. And people, sometimes you hear these arguments in our people who are kind of think, Oh, bullying's not that big of a deal. Maybe people are too soft or words are just words. When you're eight years old, are you mature enough to be able to handle it? Those are just words. They don't really, they don't mean anything to my worth. No. I mean, when you're at that age, like I think it's an, an onus on obviously teachers, parents to really try and build up this, the self-esteem and the value and the worth. But when people say, oh, people are just too soft, when you're eight and nine and 10 years old, how you haven't developed that level of maturity yet to know that those they are just words, yes, I understand that, but right. they do have an effect on people. And I would also argue that if words are just words and when people tell you that they love you, then it means nothing to you, right? right? So you can't just say words are just words. Words have power and words have meaning. And especially at these younger ages, like to be able to distinguish and take the difference and say, hey, they're just saying stuff, it doesn't really affect, that's gotta be really, really tough to do. And so I think it's a real, um, a call for teachers, for parents, for any adult that's in the lives of kids, even younger. Obviously, it does happen in high school, but maybe it's not re being reported for whatever reason. Um, maybe they're able to, are more mature. And so they're able to say, well, maybe not, not affect me as much. So I think that's the thing to point out. And the other part that, uh, that kind of stuck to me is the fact at the end put out by the CDC saying that people who actually bully, not just the, those that are bullied, but the bullies themselves, they suffer from negative effects as well, socially, emotionally. Um, and so it's a, it is a, is a very uh, troubling issue that people deal with and go through. Mm -hmm. So if that's something that, I mean, obviously, like bullying has been going on since the beginning of time. Like, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's changed over the years from, you know, in, in different aspects. But um, what kind of what, what solutions are there out there to kind of help us prevent something like that? Well, here we go. The CDC, they also offer potential solutions to this. So here we go. First one, they say to help your students feel connected to you and their school. And that kind of is uh, at the very end of the last one. People who witness it say they feel a little disconnect when they notice uh, bullying happening. So, for example, greet them by name every day. Ask them how they're doing. Encourage their extracurricular interest and involvement. So that's one there. Uh, teach youth coping or life skills. Focus on positive and empowering messages that build resilience and acceptance of differences in themselves and others. Third, provide better training for all school staff who work with youth. Teach personnel about vulnerable populations and appropriate ways to intervene in bullying situations. Understand that acknowledging risk factors is not the same as victim blaming. Four, adopt and implement effective and inclusive anti-bullying policies. Five, provide support and referrals for all youth involved. Include their families. Youth who act out through bullying others may be trying to fit in and or reacting to stress, abuse, or other issues at home or school. Bullying behavior may be an important signal that they need mental health services and additional supports. Six, while punishment and appropriate consequences are often a necessary part of a school's response, we must move beyond punishment and blame to set the tone for lasting prevention. And the last one they offer here, empower youth by providing concrete, positive, and proactive ways they can influence the social norms 
of their peer group so that bullying is seen as an uncool behavior, encourage more work on stand bystander approaches to violent prevention in general. So Kristen, of those, I believe it's seven there. How do you feel about these suggestions or anything else that you, know, you kind the, of come across? I think it was the second one that you had said that talked about teaching youth and uh, coping and life skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's an amazing suggestion, and I think it would... I, I'd like to know what that curriculum looks like, right? Like, how do you actually teach that coping and life skills? And I know I feel like I always go back to technology, but, you know, we're, they're in a world where everything is instant. And so that coping factor of of knowing like, geez, okay, I can get through this feeling or I know that they're just words or whatever. Sometimes that process doesn't take place if we're so used to instantaneous everything. Um, I don't know. I, I also like the fact of trying to make bullying uncool, right? And in my opinion, it's extremely uncool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think from all teachers and adults, parents, anybody, you know, it's not nice to see one kid pick on another kid. But how do you spread that throughout? Like that it's just not cool, right? That's that's a challenge. You know, that, that's a challenge for all of us. That's a challenge for parents. Um, and uh, and, this, and the, those students even that, that are more likely to step up and, and speak up for people that that are being bullied, you know, like we all kind of share in that responsibility. And I think too, when it's talking about helping kids feel connected, and it's not just for people who might be bullied, but also for bullies. If everybody feels more worth and value, that may actually prevent some future behaviors from people who maybe have aggression issues, or maybe they're going through some rough times at home or abuse of them. And so just knowing that they have worth and that they have value, improving their significance, I think could go a long way as well. So those, uh, I appreciate those things there. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting too. I mean, just from I, for where my classroom is, students pass my classroom on their way to the lunchroom, right? And inadvertently, I'll forget to shut my door during the break at one of the points. So the hallway will be jam-packed with students. And I remember there was one year in my career where someone walked by and they screamed something into the room at one of my quieter students. And I don't know, like, I felt like I needed to get that kid and, and say, like, what, you know, what, were, what did you say? Like, why did you have to scream into my classroom? Is there something you need to say? And um, even calling out that kind of, I mean, behavior just to say, like, I'm sorry, I, d- I didn't hear you. You know, was there something you wanted to repeat? Sometimes repeating it in front of an adult or someone else, like, they're, they're not going to. And maybe they'll think twice next time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and all these things, it could be simple. It could, if you see something, like you said, you, you started talking to him, you called him out on it. Or if you just happen to notice stuff, if somebody does speak up, maybe it will, will stop. Maybe just a simple word. Um, obviously, you don't want to necessarily put yourself in harm's way, but right. a lot of these issues maybe could be resolved by people just being willing to take that step, which can be a little nerve wracking for some, for some. But um, yeah, and I will say this to be myself a pat on the back. They talk about feeling connected. I get fist bumps out the door every day. I, I do it more for my own self-esteem. I, the kids don't need it. I just I need it to be, be feel good about my no. But it, those sort of things, I think, even though people say they sound simple, right? They sound maybe trite. It can actually boost morale. It can boost mm-hmm. those sort of things, and and I think reduce some of these stresses that people are going through. And so I, I would agree with that one there. Well, um, on this episode, one thing that we wanted to do was uh, kind of approach this a little bit differently. Like we get into the research on all of our pods, we you know, see what the nuances in the field are like. And, 
you know, and we learn something every single time. Um, you know, some of those statistics, for example, like just were kind of eye-opening, like things that, you know, you maybe you're aware of going that they're going on at uh, some level, but to the degree at which uh, they're happening, pretty, uh, pretty concerning. Um, instead of trying to sit down with a, a colleague or, uh, or an administrator or something and talking about this topic, which we felt was probably, in essence, echoing a lot of the research, we thought it would be a good idea to uh, let's hear from our students a little bit. Uh, so we met with a bunch of our students. We asked them about what bullying looks like in uh, today's world um, and what we can do about that. And you're going to hear from them right after the break. The views and opinions expressed on Pod for Teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of McDonald's Hamburglar. I prefer Burger King. That's right. I said it. No. Um, it's strictly prohibited. I hate McDonald's. I'm assuming that like the way that bullying looked whenever I was in school is very different than the way it is now. Like what, just from your uh, observations or experiences, like what does it look like in 2020? Um, bullying more these days is just like online and cause no one's tough enough to say it to your face. So they'll sit behind a screen and like bully you cause they can say whatever they feel like behind a screen and they don't have to look you in the eyes and say it. But like no one has the guts anymore to just go up and say something to someone. So it's like, uh, it's a lot of just um, like kind of talk online or just like mean things that somebody says about another person online. Yeah, like there's, I haven't really seen any physical like bullying in the school throughout my four years here, but I've seen a lot of it online. Okay, so we're hearing that a lot of bullying in 2020 takes place online. Like where online? Like how, how are people doing it? Uh, I f okay, so there's these things called spams now, or uh, what are they called? Finstas, yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't directly tag anybody or uh, mention anybody in like their Instagram names or Snapchat names or whatever you want to call it. They will say things that are like very brief or like blunt, but they don't tag the person in it. So it creates more problems because people assume like, oh, that might be about me. Oh, that might be about somebody else. And that kind of like creates more of a problem than the initial person they're trying to like quote unquote bully I guess but I've, for like Snapchat I feel like that's more direct I think people will just say stuff and it goes like it goes away or so they say but um, I feel like Instagram's more direct but um, they always bring up things like that happened in the past most of the time and it makes it more complicated for people because they're like guessing. It's like a guessing game almost, which makes it, I feel like, more dangerous than regular. Have you ever eaten spam? Ew, no. Ugh. Why not? Because it tastes like worms. What? <laughs> it's disgusting. So you've never eaten it, but you know it tastes like worms? It's, it smells you, like worms, so it has to taste don't, like worms. No, no, no. Don't, don't knock it till you try it. It might look like cat food. Ew. <laughs> Slice it up, put it in the frying pan, eat it with some eggs, come back and tell me how you, what you thought. If I if it smells like worms, I'm not going to eat it. Don't smell it. That's I smell everything before I eat it. <laughs> I can't really help well, thank you for being here. You know the topic, but before we jump into it, quick question. You ready? Yep. Favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? Go. S'more. 
wrong answer. But I appreciate you playing the game. Uh, anyway, back to the serious topic at hand where the issue is about bullying. So whenever you feel like sharing, by all means, go ahead. So um, I'm actually new to freedom. Um, I came in 10th grade. And obviously as a new student, I was like pretty targeted, you know, uh, to bullying. Um, I had a few upperclassmen just say mean things about my looks and, you know, the way that I am. And honestly, I was never upset about it. Um, when I heard what people were saying about me, I didn't take it to heart. I just thought to myself, I wonder what's going on in their lives that make them want to tell me bad things to make me feel bad about myself. I was just feeling bad for them and, you know, wondering what is it in their lives that incline them to do this to another person. I would say that's a very mature way to handle it and yeah. when you hear those sort of things. so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you had to deal with it though too. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't fun, but you know, um, it's okay. I I know my worth, and I yeah. I know that they're not their opinions aren't like gonna define me. That's awesome. Good. When you hear the term bullying, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? A bunch of people just talking trash and other people. That's what everybody does all the time. Like. On social media, it like happens a lot because people don't want to go face to face with somebody and like say something. So a lot of people are telling us that the majority of bullying that they either experience or see in today's world comes from online. It's like social media based or whatever. Um, have you ever seen that kind of make its way into the school? I think bullying from social media definitely does come into the school because like people just talk about it and talk about what happened and it makes others think hey this person would say this on this site but not really in person and kind of like gets brought up a lot i think was there a, when it comes to it was there um a, a point where you're like you know i can i can maybe help make aware for other people or help other people maybe going through similar situations is that ever been a part of like what you've been going through too? I mean, yeah, you know, like I've had some of my friends go through similar things. I try to tell them, you know, like um, kind of my perspective on it, just that it's not them. It's really not them. It's the person mm -hmm. who's saying all those things and they probably have some sort of stressor in their lives that make them want to take it out on another person mm -hmm. so it's it's really in my opinion bullying is not personal it's always the other person who has some sort of thing wrong in their lives that incline them to do this and i would agree with that too i've always thought about it too is it in my mind people who bully when it comes down to it they're very insecure people mm -hmm. there's something about themselves because a secure person, they don't need to try and belittle other yeah, people. They don't yeah. need to do that to try and make themselves feel better. So they're like, I would agree with you. There seems to be something going on in their lives where they don't feel like they're they measure up in some way and that they have this insecurity. And unfortunately, they exhibit it in very negative ways mm -hmm. at times. Yeah, I the two um, upperclassmen, they were both men, who um, I learned later 
they have been subject to bullying themselves and they're kind of outcasts. So I think when they saw me, I was like an easy, you know, person because I didn't have a name for myself. They didn't know how I would react. Um, you know, like literally on one of my first days, something I learned about one of these people who um, did say bad things about me, I learned that he's kind of the punching bag of the whole group. Mm. He's kind of gets thrown around and messed with. And I guess he just wanted to get some release from that. Well, again, sorry that it was you, though, that was on the receiving end of those criticisms, those remarks. Um, but, but you've come a long way since then, yeah, from that time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you ever done anything in person or online to anybody that you would think, if looking back at now, that, that somebody might consider it bullying? Uh, yeah, I have probably on, especially on uh, video games on PlayStation, and uh, you know, I regret it because it probably has affected them in some sort of way, and it, depending if it was um, heavily, like if they were really upset and depressed, or it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I really uh, regret my decisions. All right, so just based on your like uh, experience in school, what percentage do you think of students um, experience bullying in one form or another? I'd probably say at least 10%. Just like- Just 10%? At least 10%. Okay. Of, of like everybody in school because I don't, you don't really see it in school much anymore, but like even online, you could be in school online still bullying somebody. Like people using their phones during school or whatever. Yeah, like, cause not not all teachers like tell kids like don't have your phones out in class, and like some kids sit in the back of the room where they could just be on their phone and you'd never know. So like, there's tons of time where you can just bully people like, in in school, out of school. You you could even be doing like, you could be at dinner and you could be bullying somebody and nobody would ever even know. Is there anything else about the issue, some of the effects that you've seen maybe on other people or how it's impacted, um, maybe not you, but things that you've seen too? Yeah, um, actually I have a sister who is transgender. Um, she did not go to Freedom. I'm not gonna say where she did sure, go, but um, she was subject to a lot of bullying. People would yell things at her in the hallway. They would threaten her. She had to have um, an in-school restraining order because it was so bad and she kind of had a similar mindset as me she never took it to heart she may have not thought about it as like there must be something wrong mm -hmm. with them but she just said i don't care they if they want to say that that's their problem but it did get to a point where she was being threatened and she had to block people restraining orders and it was really hard for her a lot of times she would you know stay home because that was easier than going and having to deal with deal with all of that negativity. Now, has that been resolved? Has she like moved on? She like, graduated, okay. so, so it kind okay. of just resolved itself. Okay. But she did have some supportive teachers that yeah. did help her. And she had, you know, GSA group. Like, um, that was really helpful for her. But she's uh, doing all right today then? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She uh, she's like living her best life. Oh, yeah, good. moving to Canada. She... Oh, how about that? Yeah. <laughs>
So yeah, she's doing a lot better. Okay. Um, I Good. think it was hard to. I think it was hard most on our mom. Mm. Um, it okay. was hard. Yeah, that, I can imagine as a parent seeing yeah, your kids go, have, yeah. go through things. Yeah. And especially being trans, the whole school bathroom issue, mm. that was a big thing. And school was involved and they weren't doing a lot because they didn't want to get sued. It was all this big mess. Um, but, you know, okay. she's yeah. gone. She's out of that environment now. Yeah. All right, so um, a lot of the folks that we've talked to have said that a lot of the bullying that they've witnessed takes place online, social media, whatever. Have you ever seen anybody step in to try to put a stop to it? Um, not that I can recall, really, like especially on social media. It seems that everything's pretty one-sided with the bullying, and if someone says something about someone else, then I haven't, I haven't really noticed anyone like sticking out for them or anything. Why haven't you? Um, I mean, I get, I'm, I'm not really on social media that often, so I don't, I don't, there's no presence for me there. Have you ever noticed online, um, something, anything that you would consider bullying, um, of, of your classmates from somebody else? Yes, I would definitely say that I have because I, I would see like on social medias where people have these accounts that are like their like second accounts where they spam a lot. Um, I would see like on those accounts where this person is trash talking like a teacher or another student or faculty or the school district in general. And um, if they were trash talking another person, like I would be on their spam accounts and they would have a response to that. And it would just, it would, there's a lot of trash talking involved, but not me directly involved, I would say. I noticed you mentioned spam a lot. Have you ever seen the musical? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you should. You should check it out. Monty Python? Monty Python. I have heard of Monty Python, oh, yes. Okay. Fair, fair. All right, check it out. I will. All right, so if a lot of this bullying issue seems to start on social media, something that probably most of your like school staff is unaware of, most of it, right? Yeah. What can the school do? Like, What can your teachers do? What can the administration do to kind of help this process to kind of help uh, solve this issue if a lot of it's happening off of school property or um, where school officials are unaware of it? I mean, out of school, you like teachers can do like the minimal because they don't have access to that stuff. But like when they're in school, they can they can keep track of their mental health, see if there's any change in behavior and just work off of that. You can ask them personal questions if that's comfortable with them. Uh, but it all just matters like uh, what does this bullying do to these people? Like it could affect them heavily, it could affect them like minimally. So it all just depends on the type of bullying and uh, what the teachers do when they find out if this kid's being bullied. That, like there's certain solutions that they could do. They can go to like the guidance council and, uh, or they can just talk to their parents. It just depends on which teacher and how they look at it, I guess. Is there any sort of thing you want people to be aware of, any advice or like kind of overall thoughts about the issue, maybe how to, in general, because it's a, it's a prevalent issue in schools, I would say. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on maybe the best way to try and approach it, try and help with this, because it is a huge issue. Yeah. Um, I think something important that some people don't do is standing up for yourself mm -hmm. and being willing to tell someone and there is the whole stigma about like snitching and everything, but 
when it comes down to it, would you rather be known as someone who like tells or be subject to bullying? And I think bullying is a lot worse. And again, like going back to what I was thinking or what I said, like my mentality, mm-hmm. um, it's really not the the victim of bullying. It's it's the bullies who have something wrong going on in their lives. And they take it out on somebody else to get relief. And it kind of sounds like I'm defending them. I'm not. I'm but... not. I didn't think that at all. I didn't think <laughs> just that at realized all. that. Yeah. When just, I mean, there are reasons for people's actions. Yeah. It doesn't mean the actions are okay. No, but just trying to say okay, that there but... there's backstories to things. Yeah. yeah, I'd say stand up for yourself. Yeah. Um, don't let people push you around because you're just allowing it to ha- not allowing it but um it's like a learned behavior where they learn it's okay to tease you it's okay to push you around and it's not mm-hmm. it's not okay for that to happen to right. anyone right um i'd say stand up for yourself and know your own worth know that you're worth of love and acceptance and don't listen to people who tell you you're not because that's not true well i couldn't have said it better myself thank you very much i really appreciate you willing to share so thank you you're welcome this is uncle griff don't go anywhere pod for teacher we'll be right back pod for teacher is brought to you by water Throughout time, think about how many people or animals have previously gulped the delicious, refreshing water that is now flowing through your body. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> well, what have we learned? Hopefully you learned a lot listening to those interviews, uh, the perspective of students. A couple of people even sent me information about uh, stories that they're familiar with, either from themselves personally or from family members. One person said in the past that their one sibling was bullied so badly that they even had a suicide attempt and it didn't seem like people seemed to care or wake up and how sad that really is for a lot of people and the difficulties um, that a lot of people face and and are going through. And another person responded saying that they went through bullying at a certain place, at a certain district they left and they've actually grown through that experience and went back and they're actually proud of themselves for being willing to go back to that area to say, hey, you know, I've grown. And what they said is having that time away was beneficial to be able to get that perspective, be able to talk to people. Um, and so I think those are a couple of uh, important things to know that this is not just some words being said, that these, that words, actions, they have huge impacts on people. It is not just, again, words are more than just words. There's power in words. There's, there's power for life, for death, for like, you know, encouragement, discouragement. There's all sorts of things. And again, we talked about it earlier, but the importance of just, you know, teaching people their value, their worth. I think even adults, you look at, when we talked about the mental health issue that is going on in this country, I think that is such a huge component of it where people don't feel as though they measure up. And I think in one of the interviews, they brought up the fact that they were very perceptive in saying that, why is this person acting? Something must be going on in their life to have them act out in this way. And I think at the end of the day, that's something we can agree on is at some point we're all struggling with stuff. And I think people who are bullies maybe are too proud to acknowledge it or maybe they don't know how to acknowledge it. They don't realize what's going on. Uh, so that's kind of what I learned here is the, that everybody is affected by it. It's not just the people that are bullied. It's not just the bullies themselves. Everybody, there's, an, a, there's a ripple effect. Um, it's far-reaching. It can have you know, ramifications for years. And so I think those are very valuable lessons uh, to remember. And I think you bring up a good point, like the the bully themselves, I, you know, I don't feel that for whatever reason that guard exists, right? And whether it was a coping mechanism back in the day 
that, you know, they were being bullied or they saw bullies and they decided they didn't want to be a certain way. It's it's all a behavior that they've grown into and it's not one that needs to stay with them forever. And once you know that's recognized and you can start to break down and have additional communication, then you know the bullies will stop the bullying and you know it'll be a district that or not even a district but a happy existence. Yeah, one thing that I mean, obviously that the the students pointed out uh, in a in a big way was that bullying does look different today than it did when we were younger. Um, just like almost everything else mm-hmm. in education, right? So, um, you know, the onus is on us to kind of adapt with the times. I feel like we've said that how many times on different episodes about different topics, but we really need to kind of keep up with the times so we can kind of stay out ahead of this. Um, and I also, yeah, I also agree with the, you know, the bully, the bullies, um, you know, they have maybe some issues that we need to keep an eye on too, um, and not just curing the bullying, but like, you know, kind of maybe it's something that they're dealing with. That's not necessarily normalizing the situation or, or mm-hmm. kind of granting clemency or whatever to no. to the behavior. I don't, none of us are saying that either. Because there'll still be consequences, whatever it might be. There's still, you know, but, still, right? Like I mean, the behavior. It's the behavior that we need to focus on. Maybe not the like not not as much sometimes the the person committing the behavior, you know, acting out in a certain way. So that, that's something to keep in mind too. But it's definitely encouraging to to talk to students who have overcome some things. Right. And, and uh, whether which no matter which side of that equation you are on, you know, we talked students of both um and uh you know given time to reflect on it it um you know it it is something sadly that that most people have dealt with in one form or another in their lifetime but um uh it's encouraging to see so many people come out on the other side and um but a lot of that i think we got to give credit to like just the 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 strength and the resilience of of those people and the people that are in their corner as well because it, it you know it it takes takes a village as they say right and i think it's important that we that we keep heart this is not like one of those issues where people say well it's never going to be eradicated so what's the point in trying i think we have come a long way in providing a lot of services we have a long way to go perhaps but i think that positive strides have been made and so it's an encouragement to keep going forward uh keep doing what we can to make sure that this lessens and lessens and lessens the you know the best of our abilities yep exactly i agree well guys that's all the time we have for today Follow us on Twitter at Pod for Teacher. You can find me at K Milanovich. I'm at A Fitzpatrick CJE. And I'm at Nlangelli. If you need that repeated, she is the one with the wonderful voice. I have the personality, and the glue himself is sitting over there, all sticky and moist. That's right. Hit that subscribe button, and if you're feeling extra lovey dovey, leave a rating and a review wherever you found our pod. We like stars. Not as much as we like you. And reviews help more people find us and connect. We'll be back soon. Same pod time, same pod channel. Peace out. Later. Bye.